you, the love of my life, Becky Lapara, for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Rebecca Lynn Lapara. Yes. I don't know why I waited 132, something like that, 132 episodes to have you on, but um, here we are. I've wanted to have you on at different times, and it just didn't work out. We ran out of time, but I've wanted to have you on for quite some time, so I'm glad we get to do it now, and I get to introduce you to the people that have to hear me every single week. Yeah. Talk on this microphone. Yeah. We have so much to talk about, and I don't quite know where to start. So let's start with just similarly to other conversations I have. Let's start with you introducing yourself, telling everyone a little bit about you, uh, where you come from, and how how we met, those sorts of things. Just like give give people a, a two or three minute rundown of your life. Okay. Up until... I would say up until we got married, and then we'll start okay. talking about how you and I have grown together into the weirdos that we are. <laughs> <laughs> we are weirdos. <laughs> the yeah, the evolving, ever trying damn givers that we are, and we, it's taken too. it's taken you know eleven years of marriage to figure that out. How we uh, mesh, how we work together. I don't know how you put up with me and all my craziness. So let's take everybody from birth until. Uh, we get married in 2008. Okay. I was born in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Home um, of Little League Baseball. Yes. Passed by that stadium multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I lived in Pennsylvania until I was nine. Um, a couple of different houses. And then when I was nine, my dad, he has worked for walmart all of my far back memory what i can recollect yeah, it's been 20, a really long time you were yeah around pennsylvania time because i think he said it's been like 23 yeah. or 24 years or something yeah. at this point so yeah quite a while so walmart transferred him down to florida which was also where um, my mom's sister lived so they were happy with that but we got transferred a little bit further south than where my aunt was um in a place called labelle florida and you've never heard of it in case you're wondering people <laughs> I, it is an hour let like 45 minutes inland from fort myers florida which most people have so right. many people have heard of fort myers it's a it's right. a pretty cool place for as far as florida standards go yeah i remember quick pause when i was dating you mm-hmm. we i went and spent one of the holidays thanksgiving christmas it was it was thanksgiving yeah, with your family and not your dad because no. your dad had already. Hold on. We okay, there I won't yet. get there. So just your mom <laughs> and your, your brothers were there. And I remember getting to this place. I mean, we drove in at night. We had driven like 20 something hours from Pennsylvania to get there. We drove in at night and there were no, it was just, it, it looked like a town out of like an old Western film. Like there was only a few lights. There's, there's one like a, street that one straight, runs straight through. Run, one street where all the businesses are. And then mm-hmm. there's like offshoots where people live. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where in the world does this woman live? Yeah, and my mom thought the same thing. But I didn't know that until I got older. And she's yeah. like, uh, It's pretty crazy where are place. We? You've never been there. Nobody that's on this, listening to this podcast has ever been there. Keep going. Sorry. Um, there's probably a few people that I know that have been there. If so you've been to LaBelle, <laughs> Florida, please let us know. You're going to hear from Chase. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Chase lives um, in L.A. He's awesome. Yeah. Wait, that's where you met him? No, oh. I met him at school. But he knows about LaBelle and he, And yeah. he is, I think he's been there okay. when I graduated from college. Anyways, so yes, we moved to LaBelle, Florida, and I was there from nine till I was 18. 
and um yeah and then we and then we met we met around you had just graduated from yeah this uh, really made my life sound super boring because I <laughs> didn't know what else to say about it. Like we were in La Belle, Florida. Um, and that's fine. It was a pretty standard, you know, yeah. you went to school and you had friends and you went home and it was pretty standard. It was, yeah, I was homeschooled from ages from sixth grade through high school. Yeah. And, but not one of those weirdo homeschool well, kids. I was you were just pretty gonna, cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. No, she was cool. I didn't really she have was... any other choice, but to be cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. And (laughs) yeah, when I was in 11th grade, I decided to dual enroll in my local college in Fort Myers, Edison College. And I got my associate's degree um, between 11th and 12th grade because I could and it was free and it was really fun. You're also a smarty pants. I really liked school and I was a suck up. You were were smart. You were mentoring... T- not mentoring, tutoring. I was tutoring college students, uh, or adults, or adults. That yeah, were yeah, yeah, yeah. So college o- older students, or all ages younger college students in, in math, math and English while you were in high school attending college. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we met in uh, a little place called Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I won't go. We don't. Let's not get into because that could lead us down some really emotional, yeah, weird paths. Probably wise. But we met um, while working for. Let's just put it this way: we met while working for the same organization in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah. That was home base. We traveled all around the country and all over the world. But that was like home base um, for reasons you will not. Uh, we, we will not tell you about today. Um, and we did not. I was your boss. That's another detail that m- must be known. Um, and you did not like me at first. Neither of us liked each other. Okay, I didn't like you because you were terrifying, yeah. and you didn't make any effort to not be terrifying. But what, what does that mean? Like because Diesel. so that was a summer. I was not trying to be intentionally terrifying. Uh, for, well, I guess people can you were hear this on the podcast. Bald. You had the biggest eyebrows I'd ever seen on any male. Well, yeah, the, in the eyebrows look bigger if I have no and hair on my head. You were in charge. And I was very young and very small and had not... You were barely 100 pounds, if that. And I was 225. <laughs> yeah, you looked like a little... You just reminded me of a little... A maybe that was part of it. Like, you you remind me of like a... And you wore pigtails all the time. You remind me of like a little, like a <laughs> little girl. Um, <clears throat> and, I mean, that's true because six or four or five months after we met, you went home to visit your family over winter break and... You came back without braces, and all of a sudden, I was attracted to you. You looked a lot older. Thank you for saying that because yeah. that is exactly how you started liking me. Is because well, my no, no, braces no. don't. My braces came off. I think, and I, the whole world needs to know that that is the story <laughs> I've been trying to tell it this way for years. No, I think there's more to it. I think the more to it is no, we that were. I probably by that did, time we were BFFs. Yeah, we were. We were very. We close were very at that close point. at that time, and I think I, I was attracted was like, to you, well, but you just looked and f- like. You just felt so much younger to me, and I didn't want to. Again, I'm a 225 pound bald. At that time, I was in way better shape than I am now. Like I was this bigger presence, um, and you were. And I, don't I, I don't know why just, I even started liking you. You ironed your jeans. Yeah, people, you don't even know. Okay, so what you're getting today in 2020, and if you've been listening to this podcast since 2017, you know that you're getting this guy who uh, owns a duffel bag full of clothes. And um, 
I did a TEDx talk where I talked about how I only for a while did one shower a week for a whole year. And now I, I probably take- I that. Yeah, now it's like two <laughs> times a week. But the whole idea was like, I don't know, whatever. I won't even tell you the whole idea. But you get this Nick guy who's very- weirder. Very, yeah, I, I, was, I am very simple now. and But back then I carried around hand sanitizer in my pocket. So I could, if I shook your hand or like whatever, if I did something for a certain amount of time, I would then sanitize my hands. I- Iron my jeans. I was very fashionable, I think, or at least very fa- fashion sensitive. I don't know if I was fashionable, but I uh, cared about it at least. And now I wear black jeans and black t-shirts every single day. Um, yeah, so we met, um, started dating in, so we met in August of 2006. Yes, and we started dating, dating in, in February, February of 2007. 2007. Mm-hmm. Got engaged December 29 of 2007. In New York City, long story, I got food poisoning, we watched Wicked, and we got engaged. And then um, and then we got married the following August. August. Would have been sooner. We did not want to wait that long, but my parents yeah. were missionaries overseas, and they were so they were living overseas, and they were moving back. So we kind of had to wait till they came back, because they didn't want to come back, go back, and then move right back. So yeah. we waited till August. Um, and we've been married for... So that kind of brings us up to, uh, yeah, 2008 to... 2020, we'll do 12 years this year, which is mm-hmm. insane. I didn't ever, not that I didn't think we would get there. I couldn't imagine it. I couldn't right. imagine I being yeah, 12 years with anyone, especially with so many of our friends that are I having mean, difficulties in I their marriages. I was 20 and, when we got married. Yes, and you so were. I was 25, you were 20. 12 years later, you know, it's just weird. We were completely different people, me included. We were completely different people back then. There's a lot of our friends that are in there, and, and this is... I'm not discounting this life experience at all. I think it's totally valid. And I think there's even some a lot of wisdom to it. But there's a lot of our friends that are waiting until their late 20s and even into their 30s to get married on purpose or because of life. Right. Do you ever regret like not waiting? Because, I mean, you were out of high school. We started working together. There's and one. And we traveled the I world. Do, and then we got married. And you didn't. I do wish that for a second I had lived by myself. Yeah. Because I've never lived by myself. I went from with my parents to the ministry that we were with where mm-hmm. we all you know lived together and then we got married yeah. like right after that and so I think that's one thing that I like wish that maybe I could have done but I don't regret no especially since it. you also um I just a common well, theme for I, us go ahead I was just gonna say, as long as I get to go on mini vacations by myself, yeah, and, <laughs> that would be and, fine. And you've taken a few of those, and in the future yeah. you'll take a lot more for sure. I, I think that's very healthy for you. But I do think that um, one thing that I'll keep bringing up because I truly don't understand it, I'm very grateful for it, is how well we get along hmm. and how compatible we are. How many times per week and sometimes per day we haven't we don't text for hours, and then we text at the same the same exact. exact damn every day time like literally our texts cross paths so there's a lot of those usually the same thing that we're asking each other too how are you what's for supper what's for supper <laughs> every day at five o'clock you guys we don't know how to meal plan <laughs> we are very good cooks we could cook great food we're healthy eaters we do not meal plan very well uh but one thing i was going to say was you know with you not getting your chance to live out on your own we are really good now because you're uh, a crazy introvert not crazy you're an introvert I'm a crazy extrovert. I get recharged out in the wild. You get mm-hmm. recharged by not having me or anyone around. And so one thing that's been really good for us is yeah. me 
multiple times a week sometimes, depending on the schedule and everything. I, don't I will mind say, yeah, going I'm going out. I'm going out for cigars or for a drink or whatever, and I'll stay out till well, one or two in the morning. Well, the beginning of our marriage, I did mind it because I didn't understand like what being extroverted meant for you and that oh sure going yeah. out like was something that helped to recharge you and I just thought, you know, he doesn't want to hang out with me, but I right. definitely don't want to go out because I'm exhausted. You know, I was working all day and I just want to sleep. Chill. And then we, you know, figured out our groove together where I'm like, oh, actually, you know, this is good for me also because you're going out, getting recharged, I'm getting recharged, and then we get to come back together and we think, okay, we're good. You know, we had our we had our little moments and it's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a lot of people <laughs> ask me, especially when you travel. Yeah. They ask me, how can you do that? How can you just let him go? Like, why is he gone so much? Or why do you guys do this? And I'm like, well, one, we've talked about it. Sure. We <laughs> and we're we're really good with openly. this. And two, like I love you, but I don't mind when you go away right. for a few days because then I get, you get to multiple recharge. evenings where it's just you reading, right. whatever, doing puzzles, hanging with your cat, yeah. watching. But a But then show. we've also we've also <clears throat> like compromised where I've found that I really love hosting people in our home, and so and then you are getting your extroverted time where you're getting recharged with people, and I feel very comfortable here, and so having people here doesn't exhaust me as much as going out and being with other people and so we've realized that like hey we can really crush this together and have a bunch of people in our home yeah why did we start talking about this i don't know it's okay we're <laughs> gonna go down these little trails rabbit trails rabbit holes what are they called anyway we're gonna do a few of those so one thing i want to uh this conversation is mostly about people getting to know you and the you do give because I'm fabulous. You're fabulous. You do give more dams than almost anyone I know. So we're going to talk about that. You do it in such a quiet way and people don't notice and you're not out there making a noise, you know, showing stuff on social media, starting an organization and so a lot of time for most people it goes unnoticed. So we're going to get to that, but I also want to use this conversation because you know me better than anyone in the world, literally. Um I also want to for people to get to know me as well. So it'll be like 75% you, 25% me. Is that okay? Are we good? About 80-20. 80-20? Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so, so far, we're 12 years in. Um, I'm a pretty wild guy. I do some weird things. Um, for example, I wanted to live stream my vasectomy last week and the doctor wouldn't let me. So those are some weird things. that I, I wouldn't I do either. a lot of weird things. I have piercings and tattoos and I've, yeah, just done a lot of weird things. And um, tell me... Tell me, because I want to know, but tell us uh, some of your favorite, it could be one or two, some, whatever some is, one or two of your favorite things about being married to me, like our relationship, our marriage, and then a couple things that you don't like. Don't like or are hard to either deal or. with. Either or. You could not <laughs> like it or it's hard. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that I like. Um. Well, it's always just really interesting. I never really know what we're going to talk about next or, you know, maybe where we're going to go next or who you're going to say that you just randomly met or, you know, you're having on your podcast or I don't know. It's just always interesting. It's never boring. And it's been that way 
since the beginning, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's I, kind of evolved and it's totally bigger and weirder now. It's always but di- it's always yeah, it's always been, been different. Yeah. It's like, I want to do this or I I just did this or, you know, hey, I think we should move here. And we have not moved to all the 100 places that you have said we should be moving yeah. here. But it always is like, a fun, interesting discussion because then we look up videos or we, you know, do some, I don't know, Googling about these places and is this good for kids or (laughs) and so many places that we have looked up and we obviously do not live there or any of these places. But if you look at my YouTube history, it is mostly drone (laughs) drone videos videos over New York and Lisbon and uh, Berlin Berlin and and LA and LA and and all over the place because I I, geography is so important to me and I I really value how a city lives or how a city looks and feels and all of that so I spend I mean I'll be up at one in the morning working and then I'll be like oh I want to see what um you know, Bratislava, Slovakia looks like from the sky. You know, I have friends that live there and it's like, that, I mean, there's castles everywhere. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, anyway, keep going. So yes, yeah. it's interesting. It is yep. interesting. And it's not just places to move, but it's always just, you know, fascinating conversations or annoying ones because we've had them a million times. That and I'm too. like, no, this is not happening. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's always different. Um, another thing is... You are just a really, I don't know how to say this, just a really helpful person. Like you really care about taking care of your family. And I wouldn't say Justin, you know, I'm going to work and I'm taking care of the family. But in the little stuff that maybe, you know, is overlooked sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean – a lot of people probably know this, but you do all of the grocery shopping and we would say like 80 to 85% of the cooking mm. in the house. Um, I mean, just those two things. <laughs> if Even if I stopped right there, like those are two huge things that one, you love doing and two, you always do and you never complain about. Um, you know, we just... it's. It, it's a very companionable, is that a word, relationship that we have where sure. we, like, one person doesn't, I mean, besides the grocery shopping, which you do and I should never do because I always get the most expensive stuff. Well, or I call yeah. you and I'm like, hey, is this the right thing? And you're like, why didn't I just go? Yeah. Um, You've gone a few times and I regret it every <laughs> single time. Same. Uh, but, like, we just do, we do things together and you don't, you don't not just mind you also want to do those things. You know, you want to wash the dishes and I want to wash the dishes and we do them together. We like clean up together. We take care of the kids together. Um, It's a very, it's a very like giving relationship that you have with Mm. me. Um, And, you know, I give and you take like, it's, it's both, but um, that's one fun thing about being married to you cool i mean i wasn't that yeah, about I, you. I was not asking that to get any like compliments but <laughs> it's like well it's nice to hear that because i i strive for that you know yeah as yeah. a husband father friend you know all of those th- things mm-hmm. any uh how about a couple hard things um a couple hard things these are all very it can be petty 
it can be big. It can be like something really substantial or <laughs> or not. I mean, I guess maybe just one hard thing is like when when we argue, mm. it kind of feels like we're in a courtroom. Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm very I have one we have one daughter that is that <laughs> she gets to me. And because the reason she, she gets you. to me is because she is me and she is so damn logical about everything and everything has to make sense and everything has to have a point and which is exactly how you are you are very yeah. logical and everything has to have a point which is what you say in so, arguments yeah, sometimes so, yeah. that argument doesn't make sense or that opinion doesn't make sense I'm and like, then I'll well, go it doesn't and, matter yeah. if it makes sense to you it is my opinion that's fine you yeah. know um i think that would be one thing and that's I mean, we don't argue as much as we did when we were first married. It's so but, rare now, which I'm thankful for. I mean, but our when first it does happen, it, like we kind of have several in a row because we're already annoyed from maybe the last time, you know, or something. And this is a real point, also for the last three years. So most of you all know. I won't bore you to death with uh, rehashing details, but three years, four, three and a half years ago, I left my career in the nonprofit world. And jumped out on my own to discover, kind of discover entrepreneurship and business and social enterprise and how do we make money and, uh, you know, have an impact on the world. And the last three years have been uh, 25% wins and 75% failures. And I really think I'm on the one hand, I'm on the one hand grateful that our level of arguing and differences that we have is still very minimal. I mean, I think so anyway. Very infrequent. Mm-hmm. We It's usually we, the same argument yes, over, totally. over which is fine. But I think but I think uh you know the point I was trying to make was that that the last 3 years have been so great and beautiful but also so 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 hard mm-hmm. that there's always this uh I mean we're right now in in this week, this month, this season of life, we're trying to figure out how to stabilize things more because I know that my uh, work-life harmony, I don't use work-life balance, I don't believe in it, but work-life harmony is suffering, my creativity is suffering, and then my relationships are suffering because I am, I have a lot of pressure on coming from a variety of different directions. And so I'm, you are much more patient than I am in every single way. And then I have all this pressure, and so I'm like more ready than I should be mm-hmm. to fight if something comes up, you know, yeah. to argue about something. And I, in you know, in in a in a better season of life, in a, in a very soon forthcoming season of life, the tension will be, you know, the the release, you know, we'll release, we'll turn the release valve, and it'll let some pressure off, and we'll be a little more stable. Well, I'd, I'm definitely not saying that one thing that's annoying about being married to you is that we argue. It's it's sometimes no, yeah. the way that the arguing can end up. Yeah. I know. No, I'm at what I mean sure. you were saying this the other day to somebody, you were like Yeah, I frequently come to you after an argument and say what? You just said to somebody. Do you remember? No, I don't. Just that like I recognize really quickly like yeah, I'm an asshole. Like that oh. was <laughs> That you was, just need to tell me that I am being one. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Is that going to yeah. start another argument? I don't, I wouldn't, I would not want you I to tell, tell you me after that, the but fact, you're completely like, different just than me. confront me and say, you're being a real asshole right now. You're not listening to reason. Like, stop. Just like, stop. Stop talking. Take five minutes. Cool off. And yeah. then you'll come back. Because every time when I like walk away, and we do, 
friends, we do not like yell and fight and like, you know, no. but, but, uh, but it's more than we want to. And yeah, it's just annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. So one petty thing. Go for it. <laughs> and then we'll get to some substance. This was substantial. Yeah, this, no, everyone needs to know that okay. Nick has a hard time keeping his nightstand clean. Yeah. And, or his his side of the room clean. Yeah. Like We're everything else is super nice. But he will have like the clothes that he wore last night, you know, next to the bed and receipts yeah. everywhere. And I have to keep them for business expenses and stuff. But <laughs> I, I know, but they're just receipts, yeah. everywhere. And I'm like, when was the last time you wore these pants? And he says, well, yesterday. I said, well, they're on the ground and I would like for you to hang them up. Just that always What's makes so me laugh. What's so funny though? I don't even understand about You're myself. You're clean everywhere else. That's the everywhere thing. Everywhere else. The car gets a little bit, yes. you know, a little bit dirty, and I go car wash it and vacuum the hell out of it. Uh, our our home, I'm always like, hey kids, yeah, let's like clean, and, yeah. let's vacuum, let's. Every time, as soon as the kids go to bed, or I would say nine and a half times out of ten, as soon as our kids go to bed and the doors are closed, we do like a we do a twenty minute, minute yeah, fifteen yeah. twenty minute home clean, so that when we sit down, I go to work or we watch a show or I go out, whatever. The home is clean, at least mm-hmm. till seven o'clock tomorrow morning, right? Uh, when the kids get up, um, but yeah, for some the reason, spot on the side of the bed, the bedroom, it's it's weird. It is. I mean, we're sitting at my desk right now, and uh, which is next, it's, right next to my bed. It's not so bad, but it's not. It also it's cleaner than than normal, which is good. And yeah. there's no pants at my feet. There is that I a can pair see. Of pants on oh, the back of my chair though, <laughs> and a, the chair and that I'm a jacket and a jacket. <laughs> That's fine. Let's move on. Let's move on. Thank you for sharing those things. Yes, of course. Okay, so here's what I want to talk about, though. Um, you, we've been together for 12 years. We've been growing as a fan. So for, for we were together, we were married for a year and a half or so before we had a complicated... Uh, molar pregnancy. Molar, molar pregnancy. You can look a comp- it up. Yeah, you can look it up, molar pregnancy. Very complicated, failed pregnancy. And essentially, we couldn't get pregnant for, they said, don't get pregnant for a year or this could happen mm-hmm. again. Which is different from a normal failed pregnancy where you, you know, try again at four or six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we were going to adopt our second child. And so we decided, okay, we have a year that we can't try to get pregnant. Let's adopt our first child. Went through the whole process. Um, a young woman. A year long process. Year long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, we sent in our adoption papers in January. You're right. And the baby was born. End, the end of, December. of December. Yep. So a year. So we went through this whole process, a lot of money. A lot of we raised a lot of money. We used a lot of our own money. A lot of friends gave money. Mm-hmm. Tons of details. Lawyer, the paperwork. It was crazy. We were chosen uh, by a young woman in um, um, Bessemer, Alabama, just right outside of Birmingham. And long story short, we spent three days with that newborn. And birth Oops. moms have seventy-two hours to yeah. sign away the baby. They have seventy-two hours to not. After seventy-two hours, they can. Um, they lose, they lose the right. Mm-hmm. And at literally 71 hours yeah. on Saturday, early Saturday morning when we were supposed to go pick up the baby, um, she decided to keep the baby. And so that was a really hard time for us. Um, I still think, do you still think about that baby? I still think about the baby all the time. I I wouldn't say all the time, but I definitely think about her often. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful black baby. And we were so, I I, I just, Yeah. It, that's a hard. That's a that's a hard one to still think about and talk about because um, we wanted that to happen and mm. the situation that that baby was born into not impossible, but I know that she <clears throat> she didn't get the upbringing that she 
um, I shouldn't say that she deserve, deserves, but that we would have given her. And the, the girl was very young. The birth mom was very young. Anyway, so then we got pregnant um, very soon after that. Mm-hmm. And we've had three kids in a row, basically. And so now we have three we have three kids that are five, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Belle just turned seven two days ago. So very exciting. So five, seven, and eight. Uh, for about three months a year, they are one year apart. You know, Roman will be six soon and then it's six, seven, eight. Um, So we've, yeah, and we've lived in four different states as a married couple, um, 10 different homes, four different states, three kids. We now live in Nashville, Tennessee. It's actually 10. It's 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, Maybe this is 11. I thought, I think it was 10 when we left uh, Tacoma, but either way, 10 or 11 homes, four different states. We're in Nashville. We've grown a lot. And, but one thing that's been very consistent is one thing that I've seen, not consistent, it's actually grown is your I'm constantly amazed at how well you how thoughtful you are and how well you serve other people and how willing you are to go with the flow when it comes to helping and serving people. Mm. Like need arises, might not be ideal, mm-hmm. homeless person needs a place to sleep for the night. I have to jet off somewhere to go help someone for a few hours or a few days. You're always so quick to agree to it, mm-hmm. even if it, if it involves you helping out or not, but you're just you're just always quick to give a damn. You're always quick to come around people that are hurting, situations that are that are not ideal, and you just way quicker than most people would. You decide I'm in, hmm. and I can I can friends I can uh, I could tell you about a million of these examples um, just through the years, things that she's done on her own, things that we've done as a family, things that I've done and that she's allowed me to do. Um, but how, here's what I'm curious about, because I ask all my guests this when they, depending on what they're starting organization, a project or whatever, I want to know, how did you become that way? Like, what, what do you think influenced you to become that way? You know, family, your faith, like recent years, or is it stuff that's, you know, springing up now that was alive in you when you were a kid? Like, do you, are you able to think through, like, because I, I just don't understand people. I don't. I don't understand how willing you are to go along with this crazy life that we've created. People ask me all the time. You know, we've been had three very unstable years building. Let's give a damn and other projects that I'm involved in. And had a failed business partnership last year that was very painful and pretty traumatic. And um, like, if anything, I've seen friends of mine their marriages fall apart because of stuff like this. And with ours, I feel like it's strengthened it. So I will quit talking. Why? How are you the way that you're, you are? I am not sure. I, I honestly am not sure when that started for me. I kind of just feel, I feel really empathetic towards people Mm -hmm. and maybe it happened more like when I had kids and I had a lot of people come around me in those first Mm. few months and you know years and I saw people care for me really well I mean even when we had our failed adoption like we had so many people come around us and care for us um But I just feel like 
it's what I'm supposed to do. There's so many people that need taken care of, um, and I have just felt like I'm supposed to be one of those people that Mm -hmm. takes care of them. I was just talking with my sister-in-law about this the other day. She said, if you... She said, if you lived another life, she said, I think that you would full time be someone that literally took care of people that didn't have families like and made them your family. Hmm. And I said, I want to do that right now. Like I, I remember one time we talked and we said, wouldn't that be really amazing if we had like this really huge house? I think it was yeah. when we were moving here and we found a place that you know, we thought maybe we could move into and it had probably six or seven bedrooms. And I was just floored thinking this would be so amazing because we could have all these single people live with us that don't have families that would love to be a part of a family and just not just live as if there are, you know, housemates, but really live with us as if they're our family. And that is like, that would be just amazing. I love... I love being mom and not just to my kids, but everybody that's ever lived with us has always called me, you know, jokingly, but like their mom, you know, mm-hmm. we've been their mom and dad. And some of these and people I, are older than you. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, am not, you know, telling them what to do, not that kind of mom, but more like, you know, being there when they need a hug or listening to the the things that are bothering them or, you know, they come home from work and some sometimes, you know, when you live by yourself and you don't have anybody that's like, hey, how was your day? And that was that was my that was my role. Like maybe it happened when we started having people live with us. Was it Stefan? So there's a couple things. Uh, well, I, I, I want to tell you when I think it happened <laughs> okay. in a second. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I, I have I've watched you very closely in so many ways over the years. But yes, I think that is part of it is we have always had not, not in like we've virtually had an open door policy wherever we've lived. Yeah. And that means that depending on the season of life, three, four nights a week, sometimes more, we have people over. I mean, we've had people over the last few nights in our home right now and people might come over later. Like we, we have people that just, we, we also, I've had people come into our home. So we, we always live in, not always, more recently we've lived in kind of small tight spaces mm-hmm. and we're not the most, like we buy, you know, secondhand things and we piece things together. We're very frugal and simple people. But for some reason, whenever we've cobbled our homes together, we always create a space that people walk in. And say, this feels like home. Like it feels like home. I had a friend come over who is pretty, pretty well, well off. And their home is much bigger than ours. Let's just put it that way. At least four or five times bigger than ours. And they made a point and they weren't just pandering. They weren't just saying that to make us feel good. Like you could tell it was a very genuine, like, holy shit. Like your house is cool. Welcoming and welcoming and. It just it just yeah. feels right, and and I we think, and, and early on right. we did. I think it's. I think a lot of it had to do is when we started having people live with us, which we. I'm thinking back. It was Andrew, your brother, yeah. was the first person yeah, that lived with us, and I immediately was just like, "We love this." I need I need to take care of him in the sense of like 
we are his family, one. And two, he moved here and didn't know anybody, and we already know people. And then we've just had someone living with us constantly since then until we moved here. Yeah. And then we even did manage to fit somebody in here for a few months, and we were so happy. We're much happier when people are living with us. We got to be, we got to welcome somebody into our home and like take care of them in ways that they needed and might not have been getting it that season of their life. And yeah, probably, I think that's probably what it was is having people live with us. And I just realized this is, this is what I was made for. We've lived in the same home, not the same home, but you and I've lived under the same roof, uh, 11 different roofs, but we've lived together for 11 years and probably nine years. Maybe, maybe now that we've lived in Tennessee and it's been, you know, a lot of transition, Maybe eight out of those 11 years, we've had people living with us full time. Uh, mostly single people. Sometimes it's because Over they needed they needed us. a place to stay because they couldn't afford it. Sometimes it was, I want to live with you. Like I could go mm-hmm. elsewhere mm-hmm. and I want to live with you and your crazy little family. Um, so I think one of the reasons is, and I don't know when it was, but I think this happened. Whenever it happened, probably the first three, four years mm-hmm. of our marriage. Because... When I met you, you being a person that was willing to help other people isn't one of the things that attracted me to you. Like, I don't think that's where you were. You, not that you were like selfish or full of yourself, but you just weren't the person that I would look at, even as uh, somebody that worked with me and worked Mm -hmm. under me. Like, you weren't the person that I knew that was always going to pick up the slack and do all the stuff. That wasn't, again, you weren't unkind. It wasn't like you were a bad person, but you weren't the person that was always saying, yes, 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 let me help. Then we got married and... Maybe it was people staying with us or whatever, but you started. Here's here's what I think one of the big things is, and this is what I want people to hear because okay. I believe it's true. You started saying yes. You just started saying yes if there was a need. Hmm. A lot of people default to I don't know or no, it does that doesn't fit in my schedule or that's not part of my plan or whatever, and your default was before the need was even spoken, like it was almost done being spoken, whatever it was, you were already on board. I don't know how that happened, but I know that started happening. Well, and I mean, I didn't always say yes. What do you I mean? I definitely knew if I couldn't do something. No, 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 sure. I, I'm not saying always. I'm not saying 100% yeah. of the time. I'm saying overwhelmingly, if there's a need, totally. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. we can't do everything. You can't do everything. You're way better at saying no than I am. That's for sure. I feel bad if I can't say yes because I want to. Do you think help. that's, okay. Do you think that's, <laughs> do you think you need to get, do you think you need to not feel bad or when you can't say well, yes or do you think that's okay? I think it's, I think it's, I don't feel guilty. I just feel bad. Like, oh, I wish I could help. You know, that's it. So I don't think it's bad. I don't sit in like, you know, yeah, mope, mope, mope about yeah. it or anything. I'm just like, oh, dang, I can't help. But, but do you agree that you, by and large, are just open to? Yeah, you know, we've That's had. True. I mean, I've just a few different situations that I'm thinking of. You know, we lived in Tacoma. We had three small kids, maybe two at the time, and uh, we had a friend who was homeless, and we we loved this guy, and he would busk, uh, you know, literally busk his, mm-hmm. busk his ass off and, you know, play music all over town. Could never get, just could never make yeah. it out of that. And there were nights, you know, Tacoma wasn't like a, you know, there wouldn't be snow and ice all over the ground, but it got cold, mm-hmm. too cold to s- sleep in, that's for sure. 
And there were nights when I would just say, hey, Stan's got to come over. Like, is that cool? And 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 it was like we had already built a relationship with him, too. So, I mean... I wasn't just it wasn't saying a total yes stranger. to like a total stranger yeah. sleeping on the sofa. I do want to say that, like, um, but we're not we, advocating for putting you or your family in harm's <laughs> right? way. But we had, but it's still a, a hard we, thing. It is hard because he, you know, he was someone that we didn't know that was, you know, homeless, in our, and yeah. we brought him in and helped take care of him, and he would, you know, I would go off to us, work, throw us a couple of loose bills, you know, if if he felt so inclined or we would do so to him if he needed it. And um, he was so sweet with our kids. And yeah, there were yeah, times when I would go off to, to work sleep. and he, he would, would stay. always be so gracious and kind. And I don't know. I just wanted to feed him breakfast and coffee in the morning. And you did. You did. Yeah. And then he left. And yeah, there's, there, there are many things like that, that I would guess by and large, most families, couples, um, I don't know, wouldn't be so keen to to even be open to stuff like that because people see, I think that's one of our, for you and me, it's one of our strengths. And I want to honor that for both of us. Like I want to call that out in you and I'm, I'm proud of us for, you know, I thank God for it, but I'm proud of us for developing into people like that that don't see our home as our retreat. We need retreat. We need time alone. We need those things, but we don't see our home as like our little kingdom, our little castle. We close the, you know, garage door goes open, drive the car in, garage yeah. door goes closed, don't see them until eight <clears throat> o'clock the next morning when they go leave. Like, no, our home, I mean, we live in a 900 and something square foot home in Nashville, and we've had 40, 50 people in no, here for parties, Halloween parties, and policy, Christmas parties. And I've had to tell s- certain friends several times that is real. It yeah. is legit. Yeah, yeah. Most people are trying to kick people you know, out. Like it's 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 over now, and we actually have to tell people like, no, we really mean it. Like you're not you're not coming over, and we want to feed you. Yeah. You just told our friend the other day that's it's a stressful time in life, and you yeah. told her, come over, we will cook you food. Right. You need to eat a good meal. Just tell me you're like, coming. Just, yeah. And I'll give add us a, give us thirty minutes notice. Plate. Yeah. Um. I feel it, like I, there isn't a ton. I feel like I'm not good in a lot of things. And so because this is something that, one, I enjoy, and two, I think I do well, I just want to do it all the time, I guess. Well, none of us are good at a lot of things. Well, I know, but like- We I try have, to act like I it, mean, but you like, don't. You just know what you're good well, at. Well, I'm honest, yeah. and I won't do something that I can't do. Um, but I also have three kids, and I'm the primary caregiver, you know? for them and that takes up a lot of my time and they're in school now which is different but for you know the first (laughs) you know seven years of having children you know we yeah I was just with them all the time and this was something that I could do while having them and feel like I was making a difference and it was in my own home which is where I'm the most comfortable. <laughs> yeah. How are you currently giving a damn? What are some things that you're involved in, some ways that you're pouring yourself out? Um, could be within this family, could be with other people. Um, what are you, yeah, what are you doing to continue to sharpen your damn giving skills? Um, well, the same things I've been doing and that we just talked about. I also... Uh, within the past, I don't know how many months it's been, 
maybe five months, five or six months, I started volunteering at the Nashville Rescue Mission. And I just do that on Mondays. I do it with um, a woman in our church. Uh, she's very sweet, and um, I really enjoy working with her. But we just serve lunch to um, a bunch of women that have, you know, addictions, whether to alcohol or drugs. And a lot of them are in uh, programs, and we work alongside them. They're in these programs to help them with their addictions, and they have to be there for six months, I think, Mm -hmm. six months to a year to graduate. Um, And then they end up working there, you know, even after that. Um, And then some of them are just women that come in off the street, the same women every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner um, for a meal. And then they try to get a bed, you know, at the end of the day. Um, So, and I, I don't get a big chance to talk to these women, but I do recognize a lot of their faces now and they recognize mine, Mm -hmm. which is just where it starts. Like I went in thinking maybe I was going to get to know people really quickly and then also quickly realize that I am very introverted and shy when I meet new people. (laughs) And so I was like, wait, this is, that's not going to happen. I don't know why I was thinking that would happen right away. Um, And so I'm just taking it the way I know how, and that's slowly and consistently. So, and I've liked doing it. Yeah. Um, Let me push back on something you said. Okay. (laughs) Well, no, you said I just go on Mondays and I just serve them lunch. And I just want to push back and say, you go on Mondays, you serve them lunch. Yeah. Um, It's not just anything. And I know that you didn't mean that, but I think that's important, like to not think well, this is all I do. I mean, that is what that's I was hugely, saying I said that. Because right. it feels well, it's, like little. <laughs> but it's but it's it's so not because you've, you know, you're playing it down here, but you've told me stories of, you are the friendliest extra, or introvert that I know. Like people do not, most people do not think of you as an introvert. That's how well you, not, not, not how well you play the extrovert. You don't do that. You don't, you're not, you're not mm. around to bullshit people about that. But you do... You give off such like good vibes and energy and um, you're so just kind to people that no one thinks you're like waiting for them to leave uh, so you can like chill. Mm -hmm. And these women don't think that either. You've told me multiple stories, people noticing jewelry, um, different things about you that you've already established. I mean, you're a a presence there. And Mary, who um, is one of the priests at our church, who you go with, mm-hmm. she um, she has cornered me multiple times at church and said, like, I really like Becky. Like, I really like her. She's so kind. She's so helpful. I love having her there. Mm-hmm. I love that she wants to come because you're probably one of the few people in our church that come, goes every week. Like, there's opportunities for people yeah. to come uh, Saturdays once a month and then every week on Monday. And you're one of the more consistent ones. I know that. And so you've even had an impression on her because she's been going for every week for a long time doing this. And I, I I also want to point out that I think our, it's really important friends to find for us, it's a faith community. We we have, we have multiple different versions of our like community. Right. But one of the ones, one very helpful part of our journey is being a part of a faith community that serves really, really, really well and in our city. Not in a show-offy, 
got a post it on Instagram that were serving right. meals, uh, you know, coerce you into doing it. The way that our little parish uh, emphasizes the need to serve in the city and how they do it and the pressure, the, the lack of pressure that there is there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that are listening, uh, I'm sure, are, I know, have a church faith something background, right? And there's a lot of bad memories there for a variety of reasons. But one of them is I was I just got burnt out. I was so tired. They always wanted me to do stuff like stand at the door, greet people, park cars, watch the kids, um, set up, tear down, all these things. And we're part of a faith community that if you say you want to do something, they just short of convince you not to. They want to make sure that if you take on this responsibility, whether it's you know, we were just at church today and we watched the kids in the nursery, right? Mm-hmm. And we do that once every three months. It's not like an every other week kind of a thing. It's amazing. We do it four times a year. It's, as a it's, family. Also. As a family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to get to the as a family. Very good. That's a good segue for like two minutes from now because I want to talk about parenting. Um, and because I think that's important for so many people that are listening that have kids. And yeah. Okay. I give a damn, but how do I lead my kids in that direction and show them the way? <laughs> so let me just finish with this in saying that like maybe you, you don't have a faith community, mm. but find people. What I'm trying to say is find people, find your people that, because you can't do this alone. Uh, you will burn out. You will mm-hmm. do things poorly. If you don't find people that will pull you back when you need to be pulled back, push you forward when you need to be pushed forward. And uh, yeah, help guide you as you become more of a damn giver. You need people around you that have total access to your life. Um that you can be accountable to mm-hmm. and they, they're accountable to you. That's the the uh, the kind of give a damn formula that I'm working on is, you know, give a damn about yourself, then give a damn about each other, then give a damn about others. And it has to happen in that order. You give a damn about yourself, you make sure you're healthy, make sure you are taking care of yourself, not in a bougie like parks and rec um, treat yourself day, but like really, really, you know, like therapy and reading and healthy eating and exercise. Make sure you're healthy, your brain, your mind, your heart, everything's ready to go. But you can't do it all on your own. So you need people around you, that community, that's the each other, people that you're going to pour into, people that are going to pour into you. That's so, so, so important. And we've found that at our church, our neighbors, our friends, and there's we have multiple layers of that, which is really cool. We, I feel very mm-hmm. blessed that we can go a bunch of different places and find that community of people that are pushing us toward uh, giving a damn, giving mm-hmm. more dams. Um, you talk about National Rescue Mission. You could talk about other things, but let us let's chat about parenting. Okay. We have three kids. Yes. Um, you are without a doubt a much better parent than I am, and I don't say that lightly. It's just it's just the truth. I learn a lot from you. I tell you that all the time that. You know, I may not always act like it because I do have moments where whatever I'm, I'm, I'm human. I have, I fail, you know, but when I come through the front door after a work trip or a long day of work or whatever, I really feel like I need to defer to you on all things. You know, I start cooking, I start doing stuff when I get home, but in terms of what the kids are up to, what they've been through, how they're acting, how they're not acting, um, so I, I think you're a very, very, very good parent. You do such an incredible job teaching our kids to um, 
learn how to deal with each other, which will serve them super well as they get older, mm-hmm. as they learn how to interact with, you know, schoolmates and then coworkers or, you know, college mates, coworkers, a, a potential life partner. Like there's so many people they're going to have to do that with. And I think they're getting a really good, I'm trying, you're good at it. Like they're getting a really good example of what that looks like um, here, here in our home. But how, how are we, how are you, is it an intentional process for you to, as you think about raising kids along with me that give a damn, raising kids that love other people unconditionally, uh, believe in equality, believing raising people, other people up, uh, want to address issues and uh, eradicate issues and all those things. As we think about that for you and me, for us, how, how do you think we're doing with our kids? Um, I don't know if it's just because it's late, but <laughs> talking about my kids right now makes me want to start crying. Um, not in a bad way, just because... I want to be a good mom and I, yeah, I just want to do a good job by them and raise them to be compassionate, empathetic people that (laughs) love others and are kind. Like that's literally all I want for them. And I feel like I, I've told you this. I always feel like I'm not doing a mm. good job. <laughs> I feel like a pretty shitty parent almost every day. And I've had lots of people say that I'm not and that we aren't, you know, we're doing a great job. But when you're in the thick of things, it just feels like I just didn't do enough today or... I was too selfish or I, I didn't listen, you know, like I just talked too much. I talked over them too much and I didn't listen. They're just these tiny little humans that don't have any idea what to do. And we are the ones that they've been given to teach them how to do this. And I think one thing that's been really important is that we've, besides just the fact that we want to take care of other people in our home is we've also really wanted other people to speak into their lives because we are not like super well-rounded, you know, in everything. We don't know everything. everything. So that's why it's like important for me that they go to school and they're learning from other people because I can't teach them everything. Why it's important that, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, aunts and uncles that live here are, you know, in their life and a part of their life and friends that we call family are, you know, babysit them or come over all the time or live with us, like, so that they can just learn everything from people that love them and want the best for them. And I definitely lean heavily on (laughs) other people because, I can't do it all by myself, you know? And yeah, sometimes I act like a jerk to you because I know what I want for them. Mm-hmm. And then I see you in a moment of weakness, just like me. You know, I see you in a moment of weakness, not do that. And I like 
immediately turn protective mama bear. So let's just call it that from now on. I mean, <laughs> instead of me like judging you or being mean, uh, I'm just going full mama bear on yeah. my kids. But I don't know. It's it's really hard, and I never ever wanted to pretend that this is easy, um, because it's not. Yeah, um, that's really good, and you are great. Mama bear, you're really good. You're really good with the kids and you're really good, um, at leading them in our home. Um, I think some of the things that we've done, I want to add a few things just that I think are helpful. And this is not to shame any other parents. This is not, this is the way we're doing it. These are some things that we're doing in an effort to, um, raise children that, yeah, see people first before anything else before money before problems before uh ways they can gain they see people that are in need they need help they need friendship they need compassion i mean i'm constantly surprised uh, in a good way to see our children just be so incredibly empathetic not always yeah well and they have they are are learning that first with each other. And sometimes it's yeah. discouraging. We see, I see them together and they are only fighting forever. And then I talk to their teachers at school and they're like, you know, Solis was having a hard day and Belle saw her and gave her a hug in the hallway or, you know, vice versa or something. And, you know, I'm thinking they were really sucking to each other all weekend and they actually are getting it, but they just needed a break from each other. Like everybody else needs a break from each other. And I think we forget that sometimes that our kids are with each other all the time and they never get breaks. Just like you and I talked at the beginning, how it's good for us to get breaks from each other. And, you know, they are listening and they are learning, but they're not always like, we are their safe space. They yeah, I can think... be their true selves. They can show their frustrations and their anger and their imperfections with us because we're going to love them no matter, no matter what. what. Yeah. And yeah. yet I f- see them talking to our neighbor and they are just being super kind and, hey, I ho- are you having a good day? You know, and like really caring. And I'm always blown away because... I see the nitty gritty and the stuff that makes me literally want to pull my hair out. And then they go and show that they were listening and they've been paying attention. Yeah. You, I think you, something you do, well, it ties into everything else that we've said, but I think you do a really good job at seeing our home as like uh, a test. I don't know, a testing ground for the rest of life for them, Mm. you know, like, we have three kids. I travel a lot. We do a lot of crazy things. And so sometimes I feel like we're in survival mode. Yeah. Like I don't have much to offer. And I come home and I just, I want I want to see my kids so badly, but I know that there's going to be things that they do or say or whatever. And I think you do, a, not I think, you do a really great job at every situation that happens. It, it seems like you're, you're thinking, you may not even know that you're thinking this, but you're thinking 10 years down the road. I'm always thinking yeah. that. You're thinking like, okay, this situation, we can we can for sure yell at them and tell them, stop 
fighting. Stop bickering. Why did you yell at them that way? Why did you do that? Like we've told you a thousand times. That's what I want to do because that feels good. That feels like then then I can yeah. exert my control over them. But the better thing to do is to, you know, talk to them and say, you know, this is not helpful. Well, get at the root anyone. of it. Like what's like, going on here? Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, they could and be upset from something that happened at school. Just figuring out, you know, what's going on in their little brains and their little hearts and how to help them with this situation. So that way, like you just said, 10 years from now, they're going to know how to look back on this. Maybe they'll remember this moment. Like I'm always thinking, are this going to be the moment that they remember when they're an adult? Because I remember certain moments yeah, when I was a kid, ones. like bad ones and good ones, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking, you know, I want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can so that when they remember this moment, it was a helpful moment. And I don't want them to remember the time where I lost it because I just couldn't stand it one more time, which definitely happens to me a lot. And then I have to apologize. But then I also want them to remember that I apologized and and like showed them that, yes, I was wrong. And mama just threw a tantrum. Yeah. And, and we, we apologize. all throw tantrums yeah. and they're I not right or helpful. every single day yeah. for something. Same. And Same. that's so important for them to see, like, a big adult. Remember, I can't, you know, you always talk about how intense I look when I'm, I'm just talking to my kids. And you're like, you're scaring them because you just, I do everything intense. Yeah. I do everything with my eyes wide open, mm-hmm. hand gestures. And sometimes I don't even think or know that I'm doing that. And, but they've also seen me like get down on my knees and say, what Papa just did was not okay. They're going to experience so much anger in life. And if anything, I want them to experience overwhelming kindness coming from the people that love them the most. Because that's one thing that's short in the world is kindness. And if I can show them anything, you know, it would be kindness. I can mm-hmm. love them to death and they'll know that I love them. But if I'm not kind when I'm doing all these things, when I'm teaching them, I'm here as a teacher. I'm not here as a disciplinarian. I'm here to teach them about life. You're here to teach them about life. And it might not always work, you know, in the moment, but I would rather know that I, you know, did it the way that I felt good in my gut rather than just get at it in the moment and then feel guilty later when I'm trying to go to sleep and think, wow, I really I really missed it that time, which is really hard and really exhausting. And I think that's why I'm so <laughs> mentally exhausted every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, parenting is not for the faint of heart. Um, mm-hmm. But it's... It's, I mean, I'm, I'm already starting to see the fruits of our labors little by little. Um, and I have shared when people have asked, like, what does a successful life look like? For me, yes, I have dreams. I have ambitions. I want to do so many things. I want to visit is, you know, one of my bucket lists is to visit every country on the earth. I'm, I'm 30 countries in many, many to go, 160 to go. But, you know, I have all these ambitions and things I want to do, but really, if I, if our three kids do a little bit better at life mm-hmm. than we did, mm-hmm. I mean, that's I it. Just... That's how, that's how, gener- that's how things get better over time yeah. is 
We're not looking for the immediate wins. We're not looking for the instant gratification. And we'll get some of those along the way, you know, starting different projects and companies and this and that. And I don't think you realize that when you first have kids. You just think, oh, my gosh, no, we're, we're having kids. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, we just we we're in it for the long haul. Like you can't you can't get out of it. You can't you can't have breaks every day like you're on all the time. And even if you're away from your kids, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm away from them. Like are the people that they're with taking care of them and loving them the way I would? Are they, you know, you try not to feel guilty for taking a break, which you desperately need and deserve. Um, but then you also want to make sure that your kids are being taken care of because mm -hmm. this, this is my responsibility. You know, I get breaks like everybody gets breaks from work, but I don't get as many. Like I don't get weekends and <laughs> I, no. wish, I wish that I got, to, oh my goodness, I can't even, I the can't even count times, all the mornings where I'm like, why are you guys awake already? The why do you need to eat so much? I want to uh, karate chop <laughs> certain single people in the throat when they're like, oh, my life, it's so busy. And I'm like, every, you can wake up whenever you want. You can do whatever you want, you know, and most of the time. And then I'm devil's advocate, and yeah. I'm like, they don't have kids. No. That's for them to not totally. know. They... Not, it's not like real I know, judgment. I know, but, but I, I am that But I think that then. sometimes. I'm like, you don't even know. Yeah, our kids uh, Saturday is, were up it's at. It's true. It, it's Saturday morning. What time they get up at? Having kids, it's hard to be single for sure. It's hard to be single and to, you know, be only taking care of yourself. And I imagine yeah. it can be also lonely like and, lonely. And yeah, totally. those are things that I don't know. Um, I love all you single people. That wasn't a dig. I but I but as a tired <laughs> as a tired parent, sometimes I think it like shut up. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? I I could I could never say it. I just want all of the single people to live with me. No, I know. We need to have somebody. I mean, we had our friend last year for three or four months. Yeah, it's time. We probably yeah. need to add one more bedroom. We need, we need another to bedroom like we're my kids in. Can't sleep in the same room. We live in nine hundred and seventy-five square feet right now, which I think is it's more than plenty, and it's definitely it's enough. But to, but to add another person when she lived with us last year. That was tough because we had to put all all three of our kids in the same bedroom, and it was so good. BB, if you can hear me, it was so good. <laughs> we enjoyed it and we want you back. But the one difficult thing was like putting all three of our kids in the same bedroom in a bedroom that is probably hundred square feet. Well, um, we were all open and honest about the hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Do you? Is there anything else you want to? talk about before we wrap this one up we're gonna do this again by the way you're good at this i mean i would like for you to tell everyone how much you love me well that's coming <laughs> it's right here i have a i have four <laughs> lines I, I wrote down four lines of notes and it's coming but do you want to talk about anything else it won't be another 130 this episodes before you're on again fame, isn't it yeah totally this is your this is your 15 minutes or hour and five minutes <laughs> we've been talking an hour and five minutes yeah. something um, like that no I mean there is a lot of stuff I'd like to talk about what like do you mental here, health and I don't know just yeah a there's so bunch many of, things just a bunch of things but what do you think about the what do you think about let's give a damn what do you think about the let's give a damn family mm. what do you want to say to them like so you're in a different way different position so I get all these notes I mean every day I get some sort of feedback or communication from one of you all, whether it's a text, an email, in person, 
you know, people, the, the, the sort of random, because I'm like so not famous, but like the random people that find me on the street are like, holy shit, it's Nick. Or DMs on Instagram or Twitter DMs. Like I hear from you all all the time. And I've been building this thing slowly but surely and we're doing all these crazy things and we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to write a book and we've got a TV show at some point and local chapters that we're looking to launch mm-hmm. and all these things. But you're, you have a totally different perspective. You hear me, you know, you hear me closing myself in our closet to do intros right. and outros, right? Because closets are really good if you don't have a studio and you need to record uh, audio. You see me um, do all the crazy things. Well, I did an interview once, uh, you know, left for the interview at like 1130 at night and went to mm-hmm. like two in the morning. Um, you see all the craziness. Yeah. And so I guess I really haven't even asked you, like, what do you think of? I mean, I have asked you what you think of Let's Give a Damn, but like, what do you mm-hmm. think about what I'm doing, what we're doing? Um, do you have anything to say to the damn I mean, givers out there? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening. Um, I mean, I honestly haven't listened to every single episode. No, that's but fine. we talk about it. We do. You know, almost everyone. We kind of yeah. like chat briefly about it. I wouldn't expect you to. Um, I wouldn't expect you to hear me all every single day. <laughs> fucking day and then i don't listen to it to listen to you i listen to it because i'm like ooh, i you know i've always wanted to hear you know about this person and they got to chat with nick and i've already told you who i need to be there for if ever you interview them lin-manuel miranda oh yeah oh that'll happen for sure (laughs) um i guess yeah it is kind of a weird situation to be in and i i don't say this in like a like a poor me way but it's kind of a thankless position not from you necessarily, because I hear from you all the time, you know, like, thank you so much. No. But I don't hear, but nobody's, which is fine. Nobody's because saying, I'm not, thank I'm, your wife for all the time you're right. giving up to do this thing that you're not getting paid for, for the most right, part. Right, right. It's yeah. very like, you know, Nick, you're going to do another podcast and I will never hear, which is just a weird LA, thing, which is a weird thing cool to say, people. like, nobody should be talking to me, but I you're am the literally system. like your biggest supporter you know and fan um and fan um so it's it is kind of weird and i don't expect it but it's just like we all know about it live let's give a damn is our life yeah (laughs) it's i'm i am literally wearing a let's give a damn t-shirt right now and i've worn two different ones in the past two days and the kids are always asking where they're let's give it let's give a darn where they say let's, let's give a damn, but they, they joke around and say let's give a darn. Right, too. like they want their own shirts. Yeah, um, yeah, they and do their want own kid kids yeah. stuff to happen, and like it is our actual life. Yeah, the kids um, are all about it, and we talk about it all the time. And so, I mean, I I love it, and I have, you know, been supportive and excited about it since the beginning um, when you talked to me about it and. Tacoma mm-hmm. and was just like, I really want to do this. I'm like, that sounds really cool. And, and, and we didn't the, really know really like, what it would be. Is, too. I didn't even know what it was. I had a no, name. No, you just had, had a an name. idea. And for a year, I didn't do anything with it because I didn't know what yeah. I wanted to do it. But yes. And I remember finally, we both just looked at each other and I was like, you need to start this podcast. And you're like, I need to start this podcast. And then you did it. 132 episodes later. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to support us, that would be awesome. I have no shame in plugging my husband because he is going to do amazing things and is already doing amazing things. The interesting thing about saying that right now, the support mm. thing is we're currently in a little bit of a transition. I don't know. 
I might get into this a little bit further at a different time. Actually, one of my mentors encouraged me to talk more about this. I don't know that I'm going to use... There hasn't been really a good way for you all to support what I do. Besides, you know, leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Mm -hmm. Share it with your friends. That always helps. You better be doing that because it's so easy and so simple. Um, But even financially, right? Um, Because I, I... Right now we're on Patreon, and you've heard me talk about that before. I don't know that we'll be on there much longer. I've heard, and I need to do more investigating, I've heard that they have allowed some, I won't get into it right now, but let, needless to say, some very sketchy people making sketchy things to uh, share, uh, you know, to raise money on their platform. And at the same time, them being very antagonistic toward more right-wing people like Jordan Peter and Jordan Peter is not even right-wing, but like thinkers and, and uh, people like Sam Harris and, and Jordan Peterson and others have left the platform because they got so much antagonism from the creators of Patreon, uh, the people in the Patreon community. And so because of those few reasons, and again, I'll get more in depth later on because I think this opens, this is a different conversation about, how long do you stick with something that you're making money doing just be, even if you know that they're doing something wrong, right? It's integrity is what I'm getting at. Anyway, so I'm going to be, I don't actually want you to sign up for Patreon right now to give, you know, one or $5 a month to support what we're doing because I think we're going to get off. But please, um, we do need you to support what we're doing in different ways. If you can't financially, please, every time you hear a podcast interview, Share it with five people. Yeah. Uh, make sure make sure those people leave a review. These are such simple things that, we, and I'm not even saying this for me. If you look at a lot of my tweets and a lot of my Instagram posts and a lot of my Instagram stories, I spend a lot of time supporting the people in my community that make shit, that make good shit. Mm-hmm. If my friends put out a song, if they put out an album, if they if they if they have a Kickstarter that they're doing, I support it and share it. If they make something that I love, I share it and tell you to go follow them. These are simple ease. Every friend that I know that has a podcast or anything, I've I've rated it five stars, given them a great review. These are such simple things that take just a few seconds that we can show beyond our words, beyond a beyond a hey Nick, that great job. Beyond that, that we actually care and want to see this thing succeed because our time and attention is divided right now more than ever before because there's so many things to look at and listen to and watch and support. There's not enough money, time, or energy to go around. And so we have to get very serious about the things that we do want to support. And so that's not just for me. That's for everybody in your life that you want to support. Like, actually do it. So thank you for saying that, Becky. Don't give on Patreon yet because we're going to switch. But please, like, sign up for our email newsletter. You'll hear more about it there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. And, um, uh, yeah, like our, 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 our social media pages so that, again, so you can stay abreast Breast? Do you, oh, I don't know why I said why? that, but that's a that's how you would say it. I guess, but stay like, up to date <laughs> with all the things that. that are going on because we do. Twenty twenty, guys, is going to be bonkers. We have so many things that are taking shape, evolving, growing slowly but surely, and I want you all to be part of it. Um, okay, let's wrap up. Okay. This is when I'm going to tell you how much I love and appreciate oh, you. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anymore. Oh. No, um, March 8th is International Women's Day. Mm. It's partially why I wanted to have you on this week. This week and next week will be uh, 
female guests that I really admire. And I wanted you to be the first one of those. Again, I could have had you on so many other times before and it just didn't work out. So I'm glad our first time is actually the week before yeah. International Women's Day 2020. You are truly, I said, I've said it in different ways through this conversation, but you are truly one of the most, uh, one of the best damn givers out there. You just are. We haven't even touched the surface on all the ways that I admire you and all the things that you've done. Like there's just so many, I mean, at this point in our relationship, 12, 13 years in from when we started dating, like I've seen you give a damn in so many different ways, tens of thousands of times, like not a few, not a couple hundred, like all the fucking time you are outdoing yourself in loving other people, in serving people, in finding ways, to, little things, whether it's a word or an actual physical act of service or bringing someone over. There's just so many different ways. Two, you know, you being a busy mom of three kids and saying, I want to serve at the National Rescue Mission, you know, and doing that. And then and then just thinking it's a simple, like to you, it really is just like, oh, it's, it's not that much. And I, I guess that's a good way to think about it from a humility standpoint that you don't think that you're doing this big thing that you want to show off. Like you don't go share it on social media. You're not even on social media. Yeah. Becky's been on a social media fast and she's loving it. She can't hear all of y'all's shit on there and all of my uh, conversations. Let's put it that way. Conversations on Twitter about politics and otherwise. But um, I really do, apart from your damn giving, like you're, yeah, we're, we're best friends. And I tell people this all the time. This is not a lie. Several times a week in conversations with mentors, potential, you know, partnerships that I'm doing or just friends. Like I tell them people all the time, the only reason that I have done anything that I've done is because you've let me slash supported me slash loved me through it slash were honest when you needed to be. Um, and yeah, I couldn't do any of this without without knowing that the home front Mm-hmm. is not falling apart. In fact, it's thriving. And just knowing that we're good. Yeah. I've had people that have observed. I had a guy, <laughs> a guy that I didn't even know. We were talking, we were sharing, st- swapping stories at our my local cigar bar. And after hearing all the stuff I'm doing and all the things that I've done and all the places we're going, mm-hmm. he was like, because he had already been divorced once. 20 something years ago. And he finally found this amazing woman. He's had several kids with her and, it's good. This is his lifelong partner. But he um, he was like, dude, my one piece of advice, make sure you're good. Like, make sure things are good. Make sure mm-hmm. she's not bullshitting you. Make sure she's like, you. make sure you're really good. And it, honestly, when people say that, mm-hmm. and it's been more and more often as more and more of my friends split up for whatever reason, and like, maybe it's arrogant of me, but I always am able to say, at least myself, I don't say it out mm-hmm. loud because that I want to actually consider it, right? Yeah. But I can always say to myself, no, we're good. Mm-hmm. Not perfect. Mm-hmm. But like, I know that you're not at home, <laughs> like scheming how you're going to leave because things are hard. Right. I know you're not harboring anything. Like, we talk. Well, we're- and I mean, it's a pretty well known point about me. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to pull any bs i'm i'm honest i'm telling you what i'm thinking and feeling even if it's really hard and i feel like 
I can't really do much in terms of like helping you with Let's Give a Damn or your work, but I can be supportive. Mm-hmm. And so I've just, I've just thrown all my weight in. Yeah. You've done There's, a really good job of that. <laughs> I ask you all the time, like, what, what can I do? And you're like, literally your support is more than you think it is. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it to me, <clears throat> but it's one of, probably one of the only things that I can like truly tangibly do. And I'm happy to do it. Here's the dreaded question that I ask every guest at the I end. Know, I've been dreading it. Really? Why? Well, because I've heard everybody say it and I So I think about death way too often. Yeah. Especially yeah. recently. And yeah. so I'm like, we've okay, lost some great friends. Can I make it through the question? Yeah. Sure. Well, I'll ask it anyway. And people yeah. know the setup. The setup is Many, many years from now, you pass away. Oh, my gosh. You literally will be doing this, though. I can't do this question. That's true. (laughs) This is one of the few that actually... Okay, so not hypothetical. If I outlive you, which I don't know if that'll happen. um, Yeah, someday you're going to die. And there'll be... I know this. I know this, that lots of people will be there to... um, this is this one's different because it's you. You're already crying. I'm crying. Um, yeah, you're. I get to honor and mourn your life in front of all the people that you love. Um, <laughs> what do you hope that I'll say on that day? you'll say that I really love my kids and that I was a really good friend um, to everyone and that I loved you well and that's that's as much as I can do (laughs) Well, I mean, that's good. That's good. I think all, you're well on your way to doing all of those. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Did you enjoy it? Are you okay? I've been, I've been shaking the whole time because I'm nervous. Because lots of people are going to listen to this. And I really don't like the sound of my voice. You... Have been and my laugh like surprisingly. So I've tried to. Well, you only. <laughs> I literally feel like I'm talking at half volume this entire time. Yeah, that's true. Friends, come visit us. Super sultry. We will, we will welcome you in. There will be drinks aplenty and food. And Becky. I will be way louder and way more obnoxious. And when Becky laughs, all the heads turn. It's one of my favorite things about her was that mm-hmm. literally, I mean, if we're in a rest, like there are so many times when Becky will. Here's it really the thing, has to Here's hit the thing, me. though. You don't care. You have a loud laugh. You well, don't try to hide it. So we will be, we are, I mean, we have been in, at concerts, at church, with like out in public at parks, and you will just howl and listen, people will look if it hits and you don't me, give a shit. I can't not 
because it's so funny and laughing is literally one of the greatest feelings. Yeah. You're good at it. I'm glad People we can bring this around to laughing yeah. because I thought I was going to not make it there for a second. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Your laugh's great. Uh, <sighs> thanks for giving a damn. Yeah. Seriously. And thanks for supporting yeah. me and for supporting Let's Give a Damn. And uh, I love you. I love you too.